Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey, y'all, I'm your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. And we are going to jump into episode five of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I'm just going to say it up front, y'all. I think. No, I don't think. I know. This was my favorite episode. And yeah, I'm even saying that over the Zemo dancing. I loved this one. It, God, it, I, okay, we'll get there. But I like, had emotions throughout the entire episode, including during a fight scene, Marvel. I can't be the only one that felt that. Um, hmm. Okay, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about it with my co-host today, and that's Jenna and uh, that other girl, Ashley. <laughs> Sorry, Ashley. <laughs> I, I was like, who do, who's, who's on here with me today? Oh, just the same person I've been talking to every Purple. week. I know. I know. I, I'm... I, I apologize. I, I owe you uh, a Mickey <laughs> bar or something. Uh, anyway, so uh, my co-hosts today are Ashley and Jana back just like last week. And we're going to talk all about this. And the good news is this episode actually had that big cameo that people have been speculating about and asking about and talking about. And honestly, after getting burned so hard with the whole WandaVision thing, I didn't get into any of those like details. Or I was just willing to let... Falcon and the Winter Soldier be with the ride that it is and just go along, go with the flow. I didn't dig into anything. So when she showed up, it was like, oh, I didn't know she was going to be in this. I was I was actually taken by surprise. I was just out of the loop on this one. Um, based on some Twitter reactions, there was some mix. Some folks were disappointed. Some folks didn't get it. Some folks are so jazzed and so excited about it. And I think Ashley and Jana are going to fall into that category based on what I know about them and what I know about this character, which is very, 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 very little. So they're going to tell us why we should be excited and jazzed about her showing up. Um, Ashley, Jana, two big comic book geeks, also lovers of the MCU. That's why they're here. They're kind of to interpret uh, the MCU lover in me who does not read comic books. And I think this episode, you guys are going to earn your keep because something's definitely happened that we need to talk about. So. Introduce yourselves, tell people where they can find you, and then Ashley, I'm just going to let you take it away and uh, get started on the recap. All right. Well, I'm Ashley, because Patty didn't remember. <laughs> so sorry, friends. So sorry. But I'll oh, take I... that Mickey bar or Dole Whip. Yes, sorry. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> um, I'm Ashley. You can find me at withashleyandco.com, on Twitter at thatashleyaron, as well as on cbr.com, and just wherever. You can find me. <laughs> talking Marvel. And I'm Jana. I am at Whiskey and Sunshine pretty much everywhere. And yeah, I'm back hanging out with my girls, you know, fangirling over one of my favorite fandoms. Yes, yes. So did you guys like this episode? Um, oh, yes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so it wasn't just me. I'm not like over here going, why did I love this so much? Because still, the Zemo episode is still pretty pretty hot and like was pretty game-changing for me. But I think this one had some emotions mm-hmm. that 
yes. that got got to me as it pertains to the whole Cap, Bucky, yes. um, uh, Falcon, like uh, you know all the connection things, and um, it, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. But again, nothing happens without a reason. Uh, did anybody like catch or have that moment? I had this moment where. Sam, you know, has his turn and he's starting to kind of come around to things. Anyway, he is running around, literally running around with his nephews. And one of them says, Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam. And that hit me like, like Uncle Sam, you know, Mm -hmm. not just his name is Uncle Sam to them. But I'm thinking like Uncle Sam, like important, patriotic Uncle Sam. I, you know, I can't help it. That ha- that can't be a mistake, right? <laughs> so it had to mean something there. Um, and John Walker. Oh, oh boy. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> right? Okay, so start with the recap, uh, and then we'll interject um, as things go on as to what happened there. All right. Well, speaking of Walker, that's where we start. He has fled the scene from where he used the shield to murder a flag smasher. And I don't think we talked about it last week, but... It's the same Flag Smasher who grew up loving Captain America. So the irony there is very painful and tragic. It is. And not only that, I thought um, with, you know, current events and things that are going on now, I think it was also, you know, and again, if people are like, why does Marvel have to get political? Marvel's always been yes, political. always. So, but did you, I mean, I felt like this was very much a commentary on like police brutality mm-hmm. and you know, things like that as well. And so mm-hmm. it just, there was a lot, there was a lot yeah. wrapped up into that scene. A Definitely. Whole lot. Yeah. Go back and watch it again. If you guys can handle yeah. it and need to pick up on some of those, some of those cues. Cause yeah, yeah, it was harsh. Um, okay. Go ahead. Okay. And the irony and- too, that he was taken out by the superhero that he, like was his icon as a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, uh, like we saw, if you caught the featurette that they released uh, last week, I think it was last week, early, late last week. No, it was this week. I can't keep track of time because what is time? We're still in that weird pandemic time. Uh, They released a featurette, anyway, that showed Bucky and Sam confronting him. So, we're seeing that now in this episode. And they fight. And it is a brutal brutal fight first of all walker has continued to spiral i mean he's literally like yelling like i'm captain america like oh okay calm down no you're not um they are gonna take the shield from him he doesn't want to lose the shield he's like obsessed with it and what it means and just it's it's a brutal brutal fight scene i mean it's got some great moments where sam and bucky are teaming up to take him out but you know bucky's arm gets damaged falcon's wings are ripped off walker tries to take out falcon like he took out the flag smasher bucky stops him he equally tries to hurt bucky and sam stops him there they eventually break his arm to get the shield off of him and in a, in a moment that mirrors Steve in Captain America Civil War, Bucky's holding the shield and he eventually just drops it and walks away. Yeah, that I was having a lot of um, feelings about watching that scene uh, where I felt like there was definitely some ties, obviously, to some some mirroring as to what happened and what went down with um, the Civil War fight scene there at the end of that movie. Um, but I was really caught off guard and I don't know why, but I was super emotional through this whole thing, watching 
Sam and Bucky and like they were fighting for Chris Evans as Captain America. Like they were fighting for that cap. You know what I mean? Like they were, and it was um, the moment I, maybe it's the moment that we've been waiting for since this started where these two guys came together you know, for their love of, of cat, but truly like came together and actually worked together versus they would fight, but they weren't always on the same page. I told you to go this way or you were supposed to, right. go you know, I mean, they, they weren't always where this one, it like, this is such, this is the guy that ended up ultimately like drawing them together and, and getting things to kind of click. And it was emotional for me. I was really just sitting there going, I, that's why I texted you in the middle. So I was like, are you watching this? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Are you watching this? And I think you were watching it almost at the same time as I was, but it just, it, it blew me away and it was, it was very well done and very, very excellent. Um, all of it was excellent. Yes. Like just everything about it, but it, yeah, it was an emotional situation for me. And I was kind of surprised to say that about a fight scene. It was, it was almost therapeutic in a way, right? Like it was that they came together, but it, it went from that kind of like jabbing nitpicking stuff that they were always doing with each other. To like saving each other's lives, yeah, literally, (laughs) right. But not in a in a yeah, you're welcome kind of way, which is what they would do before. But to like a literal, just like, oh yeah, I got you, man, kind of way. And that I think those were the, um, you know, kind of the moments throughout this whole episode that just you know, kind of tugged at those heartstrings, and then you get to the end, and you're like, oh, those aren't tears coming from my eyes. I don't know what those are. Yeah, right. I know. Right. It was it, it was it was it was good. I mean, it was anyway. So this episode caught me like right off the beginning from John Walker, you know, storming away and you can see how his emotions and his like he's he's one messed up dude now. Like we mm-hmm. you know, it was whatever rage and whatever issues were bubbling under the surface that just kind of made him a kind of a jerk or maybe unlikable or just, you know, that that guy that you always just eh. now with the addition of the super soldier with the loss of his friend with the a complete and total, just he lost all control and then can't admit it and can't, you know, he's, he's still, I am captain America. No, yep. no man. You never been captain America. Sit your butt down. Um, so yeah, this was, this was a big one. Yeah, for sure. Um, Meanwhile, the GRC is looking for Carly, but has only succeeded in arresting her followers, which includes all those little children that were at the refugee camp. Like, really? I mean, we knew they were also not the, you know, uh, pinnacle of goodness that they portrayed themselves to be in their little commercial. But really, rounding up children, you're going to be that, that company, that government, that entity. Okay. This is why Carly has so many friends. Which Torres tells Sam. He shows up. We haven't seen him in a while. He tells Sam Carly has helpers all over the world. That's not all that surprising. But he also mentions that she has them on all platforms. Which is saying Carly has friends in high places. And we're not quite sure how high those places go. Zemo Mm -hmm. echoes this statement later on. Saying the same thing to Bucky. Like she's powerful. You don't understand. She's like so entrenched in this and she's got so many allies and so many like levels of power. She's a problem. Um, Torres is like, dude, your suit, like, what are you going to do with this? You know, these, the suit, the broken wings and Sam leaves it behind and he takes the shield with him. And that was our first moment of like, yes, thank you, Sam. 
Because if he had put that shield down on the table or left it on the table, I should say, I probably would have rioted. <laughs> Been like, what are you doing, Sam Wilson? Come on now. Take right, that shield right. with you. I think he's learned his lesson. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I want to say that we, he has finally clued in that, uh, you know, he's got to do something with it. And and he tries. He's got one more trick up his sleeve that he tries. That is true. <laughs> it gets denied. See, he, you're stuck with this, Sam, but he does try it. Um. Anyway, yeah, yeah, no, uh, this, and it, it was interesting to me that he was just like the wings. He was just like, eh, you know, he walked away from that. And I was like, okay, yeah. so what's happening? He's taking the shield, but he's walking away from the wings. Mm-hmm. I think he also knows that that particular set of wings is totally not repairable. Like they got ripped <laughs> off. So even if he's going to stick with the wings, he knows he needs new ones. True, but I was I but like the, sim- the symbolism of leaving oh, it behind. <laughs> but he, yeah, he's coming to terms for sure with the fact that that shield is quite literally growing on him. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. it's his future, and he needs to stop running from it. Meanwhile, Walker is losing all of it. He thought his future was going to be in a shock. I mean, I was surprised. I don't know about you, Patty. I know Jana was as well. That the government did the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually stripped him of his title, his military benefits, his ranks, everything. Yes. And as a former military wife, more, former military spouse, I was like, man, they weren't playing around. Like, he he, he got the book. The only difference would be, like, I think in, in real military world, he his butt would have been in the brig. Like, he, oh, he would have sure. been, been arrested. Like, he, boyfriend would not have been walking around afterwards right. trying to talk to other people and telling lies to to um, the other family. And it just, yeah, that wouldn't have happened. He would have definitely been arrested and put in jail because as a service member, like basically you give up certain rights when you sign on that dotted line. And, um, you know, he he was still in. I mean, that, that would have happened. However, I was satisfied with the idea of you have no rank, you have no privilege, you have no retirement, you have no benefits, you have no, 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 no. Like we are taking everything from you because you acted in a manner that was unbecoming of an officer essentially is, you know, what it right. comes down to it. Unbecoming so, of um, a human. Well, correct, correct, correct. Um, <laughs> and he's so, like yes, screaming, was, I'm Captain America. I was like, oh yeah. my God, stop, please. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not, sweetheart, you ain't. Um, Yeah, so. All right. Now we're at our cameo, so I'm excited to talk about her. <laughs> um, in the hallway, he's sitting with his wife, and they're like, you know, he's whining and crying about it. Uh, and this woman walks in with some killer heels. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. <laughs> she introduces herself as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Actually, she says it's Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. And I was excited because she has been around for a long time in the comics. Mm -hmm. Like she's not a super major, uh, major player, I guess, you know, she's not like a black widow or a Hela or something like that. However, she's super important and she does some really cool stuff. So Mm -hmm. she's a trained spy and assassin. Think black widow. Which yep. is a movie she's rumored to be in, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, that it may all be true, but she's Elaine Bennis to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Which, but to be honest, I think that's why a lot of people were like, so they don't know that she, I think they don't know she's rumored to be in Black Widow. And 
I think a lot of people, especially like our age or even a few years older, that's all they can remember her as. Like they don't necessarily think of her in any other role. Than well, Elaine. she's been in Veep. I mean, Veep oh. she is huge, and she's like won Emmys and stuff for Veep. For so sure, I think. but I still think so, people but I, kind of see her as Elaine, and so. I always see her as Elaine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, I, I, what Julia yeah. Louis What is she doing in a Marvel thing? Like, Marvel. It was. It was my first thought was. A Marvel Seinfeld crossover I didn't know I needed. <laughs> um, that being said, is that yes, I, yeah. I saw her. I, I I saw Elaine because she's Elaine to me, and and I apologize for that. I know she's probably like, oh, that character was a blessing and a curse. But um, but I at mean, the same at the same time, I was excited to see what um, she's she's a good she's a good bad bad B. Like, yes, I mean, I, I was like, I'm feeling this she's vibe got from lots you. Of potential. Uh-huh. She's got but that yeah, energy, she, right? She started she's, out in Shield. She used to be a lover of Nick, Nick Fury. Fury. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. She, so this is the character of Contessa. Yes. She had all she was Shield agent, which you know anybody that was had anything to do with Shield. I'm like, all right, I'm I'm yeah. girl. <laughs> but, um she I love me some Shield. Bad. She went to Hydra at one point. And became Madam Hydra. Yeah, she was, she was Madam Hydra. Hydra. Okay. Oh, she was the head of Hydra. Yeah, she Okay. Madam Hydra, is that what her nickname was at that yes, point? Yes, Madam yeah. Hydra. But when she was the leader of Shield, she was also the leader of their Femme Force, which was like an elite, uh, you know, cadre of um uh female agents. And but Sharon Carter is also Sharon a member Carter of the Femme Force. Was a member. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so I know I know that it was an already announced that they specifically said um in because when I saw the people talking about it on Twitter, I had to go dig and stuff, of course. Um, and they did say that it's already been put out there that whoever the cameo was, like when they t- were teasing this cameo, that at this time she's not um being considered for a, like a major player for any MCU movie. Right. Now but y'all saying all of that, and when I was at the press conference for Thor Ragnarok, and it was specifically asked, and they were talking about the time Tessa Thompson was like, oh, yeah, all of the ladies in the MCU essentially cornered uh, Kevin Feige, and we had a talk, and he was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and the talk was basically, when's Fem- Femforce coming, or when it, when are we going to get our turn? I don't know if Valkyrie is part of all of that, but her point was, we want a female-driven right. um, you know, uh, Marvel. And, and he said it was coming. He was like, it's going to happen. Right. So now, with her being kind of slid in here and introduced, and then possibly showing up maybe in Black Widow, maybe maybe somewhere, someplace, like, wouldn't that be cool to see? Oh, 100%. Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, like, pulling together with all these awesome women. I just, I couldn't get over the energy that she was putting out in this conversation. It was a, it was a great, like, yes, she's still my Elaine, but I didn't get Elaine vibes at all. It was, when I I felt, I felt she was was very like Agatha Harkness. Like, yes, 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 uh, yes. Like just her overall demeanor and everything. And while she might not be considered for a major role upcoming, her character in the comic books are tied to, Secret Invasion and Secret Wars, and we know Secret Invasion's coming. So, who knows? And I would love to see her and Fury interact. I would, I would pay to see. I would pay because it's going to be in a movie. So I'd pay, <laughs> gladly pay to see the two of them interact with each other. 
if Marvel wants to do that. Yeah, I mean, give me the girl power all day long. They've also rumored A-Team for that. So it might not be Femme Force. It might be A-Team, which is also the ladies. And that includes like She-Hulk, which we're getting She-Hulk. So anyway, I don't care what team it is, what variation they want to do. Bring on the lady power. And Ladora Malaji need their own show. I'm going to campaign also for that again. I think I've heard rumors of A-Force too. Yeah. I said A team. I meant A four. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean A four team too. Like we can name them whatever we want, right? True. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. A force. Fem force. Yeah. A fem force. Just give us the girl power. We'll take yes. it anyway. We can get it. That's what we're saying here. Yep. Uh, we get to say goodbye to Zemo for now. He's at the Sokovia Memorial. This is a shot out of the trailer. Bucky corners him. They have an exchange uh, about Carly. Bucky's or Zemo's like, look, you know, Sam's a lot like Steve. He's stubborn. He's not going to listen. You, however, you should know better. She's got to be stopped. He again echoes, like I said, what Torres says. She's got way too many friends in high places. You're going to have to take her out. It's the only way to stop it. And Bucky does not kill him. He drops the bullets on the ground. That's a power move. Again, we saw from the trailer. Uh, Zemo reveals that he crossed his own name off Bucky's list. He's like, I don't uh, harbor any bad feelings towards you about this. Like, consider our you know business done, essentially. The Wakandans show up to take Zemo away to the raft, which we last saw in Civil War, where Team Cap was held. However, we also saw in Civil War, the raft can be breached. So, if you're betting on Zemo staying in prison, I wouldn't take that bet. He's, mm-hmm, he's gonna mm-hmm. get out. And he's going to look good while he does it, too, because, you know, the man's got some drip. (laughs) Anyways, Bucky is told to make himself scarce in Wakanda, which I think has to do with the repercussions of him kind of sort of standing up for Walker last episode. However, he asks AO for a favor, and we see what that favor is in just a little bit. And then in probably... Again, I think I described this as like the heartbreaking, but so powerful scene. Sam goes to visit Isaiah to learn about his legacy, what he was put through. Just Sam is trying to understand the shield. He's trying to understand the legacy of it, of the character, of the name, the title, Captain America. He's just trying to get answers and he knows he needs to hear Isaiah's story. And it's, it's it's a hard one. It's a hard one to watch. It was, and and it, but it, but it was important. And oh, hundred percent. And and what I, um, you know, again, they were they just made it very clear for anybody who wasn't catching on. But I know early in this discussion, you and I had talks about, and you kind of explained how, um, like in the comics, Sam actually had the shield taken away from him because the American government was not ready for a right. black Captain America. Mm-hmm. And that's basically touched on and addressed in this whole discussion. Yeah. And here we are in 2021. And you got to admit, people are still going to have, some people are going to still have concerns about a black Captain America, right? Oh, yeah. And, um, and anyway, I was just like, wow, like nothing's changed. I mean, I know a lot has changed and a lot of good has come in forward movement, but we still we're still a nation with a lot of problems when it comes to race. And uh, I loved that they didn't shy from that history from the comics and they brought it forward to putting it out here as well through the mm-hmm. storyline of Isaiah Bradley. So it was good. Yeah. 
Um, he referenced uh, the Red Tails, which is the Tuskegee Airmen, mm-hmm. which those experiments, as I had mentioned before, that's what Marvel used as their background and their basis for doing the Project Rebirth that Isaiah and the other black soldiers went through in the comics. It was their commentary on it. Um, he even has a moment like Steve does in the first Avengers where Isaiah is telling how he went back to save his fellow soldiers. But unlike Steve, Isaiah wasn't treated as a hero for it. It was almost like it condemned him more. And that was just, it was awful to hear. It was just, Oh, I don't know. It's just, it was, and you're right. It's true. And it's a commentary to what's happening now. And that, you know, we've come far, but we haven't come far enough as a country and as people. And again, like for whoever thought the show was not going to go there and tackle these issues, psh, you yeah. were wrong. And we told yeah. you so. <laughs> and we told you so. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But it was, this was a good scene. And uh, mm-hmm. again, we got a little, we got a little teeny tiny, you know, hey there from the, the grandson. Yes. Uh, who Patriot. You know, we're all. Uh huh. We're mm-hmm. all hoping eventually we're going to see him pop back up again later. But he was there just again briefly. But yeah, this was an important scene, an important moment, I think, in in Sam's struggle, where basically Isaiah Bradley's like, no black man would ever stand up for our government like in that way because no self respecting black yeah, man. I think yeah. is what he what he says, and it kind of takes Sam a moment to he has to think through that and think through those words and think through what that meant to Isaiah. And, you know, what it meant to, um, uh, you know, just that that whole conversation definitely weighed on him. But later on, we do get that resolution, um, you know, as it comes out. And I think it's an appropriate discussion with his sister, which yes. I love to see her. I, yes. love, I love I love to see Sarah. So that was fun. Um, all right. So after this conversation, what happens next? Sam goes back to Louisiana. And Bucky shows up with the gift from the Wakandans, which is Sam's new suit. And we know this is going to be his Captain America suit. At least I'm assuming that'll be kind of comic accurate. So it's got a lot of white on it. It's white and blue. And it's going to yeah. be beautiful because it's Wakandan tech. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Wait. <laughs> so, so when Bucky, wait, so we're already to where Bucky shows up. I mean, they're fixing up the boat and yeah, Bucky shows up. Okay, so Sam goes back. He's fixing up the boat. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I thought I, I maybe I just missed like that conversation where we did that. So he leaves Isaiah's. He goes back home. Yeah. And basically he and his sister have this talk and he's like, look, who owes mom and dad? Like apparently their parents were like amazing people. And she just kind of snorts and she was like, who doesn't? Like everybody in this, you know, in right. this um, city adored mom and dad and they did so much and they gave so much. He was like all right, well, it's time for us to call in some of those favors. And so Sam gets on the phone and basically says, hey, you remember my dad, right? You remember my mom, right? And they get the help they need. The Basically, the community is willing to come out and help them, which I also really loved and really loved to see that, um, you know, from a little pulling on my heartstrings because they were, both Sarah and Sam were so beaten down and so conflicted about this boat and what it meant to them as as their family and and their 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 history and and what was happening. And so I just don't want to gloss over like that important moment where Sam and, and Sarah, I think get a little, they get a little bit of their, 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 their mojo back because they, as they're working on this boat, yes, they're working on it so they can sell it. But as they're working on this boat together, 
they're also being reminded that the community and what their parents did and, and all of that is kind of like bringing them closer together. And so Bucky shows up and brings the, brings this box. And when he brought the box, I didn't, it didn't connect with me again, non-comic book person here. I thought Bucky had taken the wings somehow, like had gotten wings made for Sam and that he had basically just gotten super swoopy Wakandan tech wings for Sam. Like forget that USA stuff. Like those, those suckers broke. Did you see how quickly they got broke for <laughs> enough? You know, I, I love you USA and I like to buy in the USA, but sometimes you got to buy from Wakanda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's where I thought, that's where I thought that was. And that's what I thought that was since he kind of like walked away from the wings earlier with Torres. I thought this again, cause he doesn't open this box right away. You know, he just right. kind of puts it aside and he leaves it. He's just not ready to get into it. So that was what I was assuming it was, but, and at the end, we still don't know exactly what it is, but I'm with you that it's got to be his Captain America suit, right? Yes, that was a, it's got to be. Got, that's got to be what this is, uh, which Bucky just knew after their fight, after kind of processing things, which I think Bucky had to process some things too, um, that, that, that uh, you know, he knew that that would be eventually where Sam would be going and where, where Sam would get to. And so, you know, he got yeah. Wakanda to, to help him out. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, so they're they're fixing up the boat. Um, Bucky and and Sam have a few of their like you know funny moments together. My favorite was when Bucky looks up. He's like, "Hi, Sarah." Yeah. Uh, Sam's <laughs> like, "Don't talk to my sister." <laughs> yeah. And he, later on, he's like, "You can spend the night. You can crash on our couch. Do not flirt with my sister." And Sam's like, "Understood." <laughs> I was like, was- "I'm ready to ship the two of them." I was like, "I totally was. was so cute. It was pure and it was adorable." And I'm I'm shipping it. So if they if they can make that happen, I'd be down with it. I don't mm-hmm. know who Bucky if Bucky has a love interest in comics. He has why different not Sarah? ones. Yeah. Why okay. not Sarah? Why not, Sarah, right? This is the MCU. Crazier things Also, I mean, when she's like grinning at him, I'm like, yes. Uh-huh. I, like, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, if Bucky Barnes is standing on my dilapidated uh, boat, I'd be like, yes. yes. <laughs> How you doing, hey. sir? <laughs> I mean, I would flirt with him anyway, whether he's my brother's friend or not. Hey, White Wolf. Um, but what I liked about it was that um, it was also the first time we really see Sarah. Like she's she's been through some ish, and it's been hard. And she is she's a good person, and she's like doing things for the community yeah. herself. And she's you know trying different hu- hustles, you know, to keep things going with you know selling the food and, and whatever, whatever. But that was like just a pure moment of like normalcy mm-hmm. where she is a red-blooded American woman. She's a widow. She's, you know, and she's like, ah, oh, so someone's looking at me. Well, I can look right back at that. That's right. I, That's right. It, it was just this super small moment, but it was, it was a good one. It was, it was just, again, the Marvel touch, right? But I, I like that and I mm-hmm. caught on to it and I don't know that we'll ever see anything else come out of this at all, but for the moment that it was, I appreciated that and I thought it was great. Well, and it ties into a little bit to that whole just like therapeutic family. I think they all had like a nice therapeutic moment here. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was kind of like the um, the episode where they weren't in therapy, but therapy finally paid off. Mm-hmm. I think. Yes, yes. Um, and speaking of that, let's talk about the Sam and Bucky 
um, conversation that they have where Sam gets to use some of his skills from, you know, when we first met him, he was working with soldiers with PTSD and that sort of thing. Well, he was able to use some of that discussion. Wait, you and- think Bucky has some PTSD? I don't believe it. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and and again, as Marvel does, they're laying the groundwork in this conversation where Bucky's or where Sam was basically like, look, all 12 of those people like you were not making amends, you were avenging. Mm-hmm. Like you need to pick one that you can actually make amends with one that needs you to tell and give them closure. And we know exactly who that we one know exactly is. Exactly who that's going to be. And it's honestly um, the hardest yet the easiest, like he's most accessible. Uh-huh. But, but it's, it's going to be so hard. hard. It's going to be so hard. It's it's going to be awful. And that's going to kill us there on that's uh, what, that's what we have waiting for us yes. in episode 6. Dang it, why um, are we going to cry again? Uh, <laughs> Uh, guys, I am. I was. Sub- I was expecting Falcon and the Winter Soldier to be this, like you know, the two the two boys like sniping at each other and yes! fighting with each other and yes. whatever. And yes, there was going to be like a moment or something, but this has actually gone a little bit deeper than I was expecting uh, over the last 100%. couple. Um, even the Zemo conversations and Zemo's input on things, I have felt was a lot deeper than I was giving him any credit for. Um, guys, it always comes back to Zemo. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> um, but this conversation so the two of them are like practicing with this with the shield and they're throwing it around and stuff and again you know i think we're we're getting sam to move in that direction and that thought process and um and uh it was it was after all this when bucky finally leaves right that sam has the conversation with sarah about isaiah bradley yes okay and that's when basically sam you you it connects and sam recognizes that as much as he resisted it or as much as he was concerned about it or still, you know, but he feels like he needs to pick up that mantle of Captain America on some level. Like, obviously he's not Steve. Steve is gone. We heard that like three times in the show. Uh, Yeah. Rude. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, but, um, but yeah, you know, Bucky ends up leaving and he says, you know, call me, I'll be there whenever, when you find Carly and you have a lead on her, um, I'll be there. So just let me know. But, you know, I got stuff to do. I got amends to make. I got names to cross off my list. Um, And that's, you know, where the whole, and Zemo actually even said um, when he was telling him goodbye, uh, I went ahead and crossed my name off your list. And he's like, you know, you basically, you don't owe me anything. um, And uh, I feel, I feel like we're good at this point or whatever. So. Yeah. Um, Sam taking the shield, like finally accepting it and kind of what he says to Sarah, I was telling Jana, um, it was very a Steve Rogers moment, you know, because he was saying, you know, Sarah told him, she's like, Isaiah can't tell you how you are going to experience something. You know, this is your life. That was his Mm -hmm. life. And, you know, Sam's like, well, you know, along the lines of like, I got to keep fighting. I got to keep getting up, which that's total Steve. Right. And this whole series has proved over and over and over again why Steve chose Sam to begin with. Mm-hmm. Sam is the good man. He's the man that's going to keep getting up even when he's beaten down. He's going to keep getting up and he's going to do the right thing, not because somebody expects him to, but because he wants to, because that's what he knows that's what he should do. It's the right thing to do. And not because of a government or a title. It's just he wants to do the right thing because he wants to do the right thing. And mm-hmm. this is why Steve picked him. 
Uh, so it was exciting to see him go through the training, right? It was like a whole Rocky thing, but it was the Captain America theme from the Winter Soldier playing in the background as he trained. And I was so excited to see him train and to like, you know, um, he was kind of playing dodgeball with the shield. I don't think on purpose. He was just dodging it because, you know, it's either that or get decapitated by the shield. But decapitated. Oh, uh, <laughs> a joke. Oh, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I try. No, it was it was a great scene. It was powerful. It got us all excited, right? Because we're like, this is Sam. Sam is coming into it now. We're going to go into episode six. He's going to suit up. He is going to have the shield. Bucky's going to be there and it's going to be insane. But before the credits roll... And if we want to go back a little bit, Sharon makes a phone call to Petrock. And she says, look, I got a job for you. I'll pay you double. And he, which leads us to believe, A, she's the leader of LAF, because that's who he was working for in episode one. That two, she sanctioned whatever he was doing in that episode. And three, she's supplying Carly with the means to an end, the means to take on her mission, which is to stop the GRC from having this vote on the patch act. But tells Carly, she's not there. He's not there to join her little revolution. He's just delivering some goods. And now he's there to kill the Falcon. I do not believe that's Sharon's mission for him. I just think that's part of his like personal vendetta against Falcon based on their interaction in episode one. The Flag Smashers are in New York. The GRC is going to vote. Sam knows this because Torres has found, has like pinged their location. And he opens up the box from Wakanda. We do not get to see the suit. I'm a little salty, but (laughs) we'll see it next week because it is time to suit up. They are going to have to battle Carly. They're going to have to battle probably the government and the GRC and Walker because we had a post credit scene this week. And again, kind of like the cameo, there was a lot of, eh, actually, I would probably say there was more negative about the post credit scene on Twitter than the cameo. Yeah. <laughs> and I think part of it might be because it's Walker's post credit scene and just that whole, I don't like Walker, so I don't like anytime he's on the screen vibe might have been most of it. Um, but what it does mean, I know everybody thought it was lame or that he was just being crazy by making his own shield, but let's think about it. He's melting down and like using his own metals to make this shield. He's transforming into U.S. agent who is like the dark rogue version of Captain America, who happens to be part of the Dark Avengers, which were also kind of alluded to in WandaVision with White Vision, as well as that uh, newspaper that had the Scarlet Witch alias from Dark Avengers as well. And I mean, again, like Patty, you're a military spouse. Like what military man's going to melt down his metals to make a shield? Probably none. Well, here's this. This is the funny thing. And uh, when you guys go on Facebook, you'll see why. I didn't know there was a post credit scene. Oh! No, and listen, listen, in my defense, in my defense, I know you're going to, I know, but in my defense, I even sat there. So you know how on Disney plus, when you start like after a minute or two, like it'll like shrink down and go small on you. Yeah. You have to like press it back up to go back big. Yeah. So when it was small, I was like, wait a minute, 
there's bound to be a post. I, I, I literally said that to myself was there's bound to be a post-credit screen at this point. This is Marvel. You never, you know, bounce out. And so I expected it. So I, I forwarded through and then I, and then I rewound back and um, back and through the credits thinking there'd be a mid credit scene, not necessarily a post credit scene. And so as it turns out, I just wasn't quite as patient as I should have been because there wasn't anything mid credits. It happened post credits. So this is all news to me and now I shall go and watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And I am now, uh, you know, slapping my own uh, wrist uh, for, you know, my Marvel faux pas because I tried, but I didn't try hard enough. Uh, So, okay. So basically what you're telling me is that, um, (laughs) is that John Walker is seen melting down and trying to create his own shield. Is that what I'm getting? Yes. Mm -hmm. He's working on making his own, because, you know, he still thinks he's Captain America in his head. Yeah, well, he keeps telling everybody he is, right? Yeah, so he's um, trying to make his own shield. He's, like, spray painting it, but he's using his metals. Like, also, all that stuff he was decorated with at the hearing. Well, that's cute and all, but it ain't – it's not vibranium, you jackass. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know. Like, I mean, um, one thing to see that thing cool. shatter like an egg when it comes against the real shield. And there, and some folks feel very strongly about those metals, so I'm sure there were some people who were like, "No, no, no, you don't melt those. You don't melt those down." You anyway. Pretty All much. Right, so now, I, now I got to go back and watch that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> good, to know, good to know. But uh, thanks for see. This is why I do this podcast, as I would have you know missed out the on these things. Um, but that's what I was doing. I was updating my my status on Facebook while you were telling the story. Oh no, <laughs> that's funny. What's your status say now, Patty? <laughs> <laughs> it just I'm says, gonna go. Uh, I gotta go look now. Come on, Facebook. There's a post. There's a post credit scene on Falcon and Winter Soldier. I just learned this from Ashley. Yeah, <laughs> you're my first post in my timeline. I'm laughing at it. Ha ha. <laughs> anywho, anywho. Okay, so for real, for reals, are we done now? Like, does that wrap up the entire episode? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. The, yes. The only thing, the only thing I want to touch back on is Sharon Carter because. Okay. Now, it's like my conspiracy, like I'm doing the red strings all over the place. And I'm like, either Sharon is just super bitter and she has truly gone bad. And she is now like power broker. She is, you know, whatever, like she controls everything and and whatever, whatever. Or is she not power broker? Because she power broker had told Carly, I'm going to come after you and kill you. And here she is seemingly seeming to help Carly. Or is she playing like the red string game? Like I said, and she's actually making Carly think she's helping her. But in reality, she's not helping her because she's either the power broker or because she's trying to do something to get in the good graces so she can come home again. Like what is going on with Sharon Carter? It was like a two second thing that happened there that could go in like three or four different like versions of events. So I want to hear like what you guys think the real deal, like what do we find out about Sharon Carter in episode six? Do we find out she, she has gone bad. Do we find out she's kind of bad? Do we find out she's actually been really good this whole time? She just was deep undercover pretending to be bad like what's up with with Sharon I think that I don't I still don't think she's the power broker um I think that like I said the the conversation with Batroc leads me to believe she's leading LAF whatever that is we don't know what that is yet um I also think that she's 
she could be infiltrating Flag Smashers trying to take Carly down because I don't believe Sharon's wholly bad. I think she's currently operating in a maybe a moral gray area, a legal mm-hmm. gray area. Um, because I, I, I don't see, like I said, I don't see her trying to like take out her friends, Sam and Bucky. Because if she wanted to do that, she could have clearly done it in Madripoor and it wouldn't have been no big thing. Well, so, that's true. And I do feel like there's a friendship there and there's, and again, like I said before, she is Peggy Carter. Exactly. That's you what know? I can't get sold on. She's like all bad now. I'm like, nah, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I can't yeah. believe it. I just can't. That's, that's not my, that was not my, um, my gut reaction. And also sometimes I feel like things are too, if they're too on the nose, then that's not what's happening. Oh, a hundred percent. So I, I am kind of leaning towards either like the gray area or, she really still has that shiny heart of gold. She's just been put into this deep undercover kind of position. And, and so, right. Again, the red strings are all over the place, you know? Yeah. So for sure. She's, she's definitely up to something. And I hope that we get the resolution on that episode six. Yeah. 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 All right. It's a tough one. Like I, yeah, I I'm with you. Like, I don't believe she's the power broker, but I feel like she's up to something. She's still sus. Oh, for sure. So, so definitely, there's definitely suspicions around her. We just don't know uh, why we're suspicious yet. <laughs> right. Well, they've only got one episode left. So, Marvel, you better make Ooh. this one make sense. I hope it's uh, long, too. I mean, this one was 61 minutes. I mean, that included the credits. But still, that's the longest one yet. So, let's. Y'all, how spoiled Ooh. are we that this is like. Um, been essentially like six hours worth of Marvel movie for us. And yet we're like, we need another two. Give us two more hours. <laughs> Make it happens. We had to go a whole year without any new Marvel content. So now we're like, True. we're binging and like gorging on it because we just need it. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely do. All right. Well, thanks again, uh, as always, for coming on and for filling us in on the whole, the plot holes and the comic book things that I just didn't catch. And uh, the fact that there was an end credit scene. Um, I'm going to go watch that now. And uh, we will be back to Fangirl again next week. Bring your friends because, you know, it's no fun to Fangirl alone. And uh, come back for the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.